Blog Talk Radio. There's some dangerous large uh, carnivore out there. Yeah, I saw that bird get the young deer off the bird and went far away. And uh, it was just about getting dark, and we started panicking, running down the bridge, not really having any clue of throwing rocks in our vicinity, good-sized rocks. And uh, I stopped long enough to get a 357 out of my backpack and look back, and that's when I thought I saw one. And then uh, 
as it as it turned out, he he couldn't be there today because he had a family event planned. So he uh, left it to us, and uh, you know it's a little different dealing with a live audience than doing a, a blog of doing a podcast. So, but it was fun, right. and uh, really, it, in in the encounter shows, you know the the uh, the the people with the encounters are are, are the show. So um, the, they made it easy. We had a, a, like you said, we had a ton of great people that, that shared their their uh, Bigfoot encounters. So and I uh, I had I had a blast. So I yeah I absolutely had a blast. And a lot of the the a lot of the uh, you know we had personally invited some uh, individuals. Uh, you know, I had personally invited some individuals to speak at this event, and I, uh, and for the majority of them showed up and spoke, and it was fantastic. And then there, I was surprised by a few, well, quite a few of the individuals that attended that, uh, you know, obviously it's a town hall and you invite people to come and speak, but some of their encounters were um, unique and amazing. And, we, you know, top it off, you know, we had some great, um, some great guests in the audience, and a few surprises that showed up as well. Uh, yes, yes, indeed. Uh, I know Tyler Bounds was there. West West Germer was there from Sasquatch Chronicles. Um, and then I ran into. Uh, I was sitting there before the program started, and one of our regulars came up and like was saying, you know, these um, these two guys are here that that uh, worked on the report uh, of the uh, alleged, and and they've done a lot of, I mean, this is a very scientific study about these um, elk bones that were found that had teeth marks in them. And um, there were uh, the father and son that that actually are research partners together, and they worked with uh, Mitchell Townsend. uh, Yeah writing this detailed report of why, um, you know, it isn't a, it isn't a carnivore and, and, uh, uh, he was kind enough to actually, uh, share a copy of that report with us, which I'm sure that, uh, somehow it disappeared. I'm, I'm thinking that it went home with Shane. I believe I have two copies here, <laughs> but it's, the, it's, it is the revised version, so it's been updated and revised because they are getting. That was one of the really neat things about that, this, this, this um, event was, you know, there were some surprises there with people showing up and and and, and, and that was one of them. And they they've had some advice from people, you know, and some questions, and they're trying to re-advise, you know, well, how did you come to these conclusions and whatnot? And fortunately, uh, you know, they're listening and they're trying to. Um, Answer those questions, you know, the Mitchell Townsend report, you know, and I, you know, I hope they go about things the right way and they listen to those that are asking them legitimate questions and, and they revise it and, and do the things they need to do to get it uh, uh, up to par and accepted, or at least acceptable. <clears throat> acceptable. So, but, uh, hey, uh, Gunner, I wanted to mention real quick, I want to get back to this subject, but we have uh, West Germer with us now, um, um, podcast extraordinaire. Uh, of uh, Sasquatch Chronicles, uh, it's a pleasure to have you on the show, man. And I, man, I gotta tell you, thank you so much for coming to uh, uh, 
our, our town hall, uh, you know, our town hall event. Uh, it was like you're a celebrity, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about that. <laughs> well, I don't know. I saw I saw I a couple people coming up and getting their pictures taken with Wes, and and uh, I personally am a fan of Sasquatch Chronicles. I, you know, we've uh, it. I love encounters. So just like today, I mean, it's it's one of the funnest things for me is to hear these people that and and brave people that come out and share, you know, their their encounters with something that they went into the woods of. Of uh, and and of course I am still on on the fence. I've got the you know ninety eight point five percent convinced that they're real. But I'm, I'm yeah. still holding up that one and a half percent that that uh, everybody that has ever reported anything is is erroneous. But until I have uh, that confirmation, you know I got to have a sighting, and it's going to happen. And there's you know, two out of, of course, two out of three people on on this podcast right now already have confirmation. So, well, thank correct. you guys for and yeah. thank thank you guys for inviting me. I really do appreciate it. I had a great time there. As far as taking pictures, you know, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's easy to look good when you're next to this mug. You know what I mean? When you're taking pictures <laughs> with me, it's easy to look good. <laughs> but uh, no, thank you guys for inviting me. I had a great time. And it it was it's like I was telling Shane, it's so fun to sit there and just sometimes, you know, being on, on hosting a show you tend to forget what it's like on the other end when you just get to sit there and listen and you don't really have to think about the next question, you don't have to think about the interview technique that you're using, you don't have to think about you just get to sit and listen. And that's what today was about. It was really fun and I commend everyone who went up there and gave their encounters. You know, it's hard enough when it's one-on-one, when you come on a show like Monster X or, or like my show, you know, it's, it's hard enough to come on the air, but to get up with a microphone in your hand and retell your encounter and relive it. And you're looking out to a sea of audience. The place is packed. Uh, that is very uh, courageous. And I commend everyone who, who went up to retell their encounter. It was a great time. Thank you guys so much. Well, it was our pleasure. We, I know um, that that uh, it was it was uh, uh, you know going in, you not know how many people are going to to be there to share stories. I know that that uh, Shane had you gone out and, and invited people that you knew that had encounters that weren't ones that were uh, that a lot of people hadn't heard before. So I got to hear. A, some of those for the first time too. So, to it, 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 uh, it was really cool to to. Uh, uh, and I, I'm always kind of honored when people are willing to share that. You know, that that's a, a quite a experience for people. Uh, often life changing, and uh, that they they're uh, open. You know, that they'll share their encounters with with me personally, and but. To get up and like you say, to get up on stage in front of a bunch of people, some some of which you don't know, you know, some of them didn't know any of those people there, and share their encounters is 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 uh, pretty courageous. So, well, I tend to agree. Exactly. Go ahead. Great Wes. room to do it in too. Well, what I was going to say is, I think that you guys are are 
partly to credit for that because you guys created a safe environment to where people can come forward and share. You know, there was no ridicule there. You guys weren't beating anyone up over their encounter. It was a very safe place to uh, share the encounter. It was a cool environment, too. So I think a lot of the credit goes to you guys for putting that on and creating that environment to have people share their encounters because that's, that's part of it, too. You know, when, you, when you're retelling an encounter, you're trying to get someone to talk about their encounter. You know, you have to you, – you can't be in a position where they feel like they're going to get beat up or uh, they're going to get torn apart. And you guys created this really safe place for people to – retail their encounters. So I, th- I think the bulk of it goes to you guys for, you know, the environment you guys created, the whole setup, the whole thing. You guys did a great job on it. I can't commend you guys, both both of you guys, for, for doing what you did. Well, as much you know, as I really like appreciate that, credit, but I have to give credit to Guy Edwards for uh, creating the Hopsquatch event in the first place. So we just made, we just uh, took care of his baby for today, you know, uh, and like I said, the, the, uh, the opportunity to have folks come in and that's just, that's one of my favorite parts of, of being involved in this subject is, is hearing, um, right now I, I, you know, I only can live vicariously through other people's in, uh, close encounters or confirmation encounters as yet. I'm still out there trying to, uh, see a swatch for the first time. So, but it was, it was an awesome time. Great, great people, good venue, you know, um, like I said, we had the the room was packed. Um, we had to actually open uh, the uh, bay door so that uh, we could get some air in there. It was a warm day today here in uh, Portland, and a uh, lot of people. So um, it was a great time, and I I just want to say thanks to Guy for trusting us with his his baby because he's he's uh, he built the same Bill Hopsquatch up from from uh, an idea to a place where people could do feel comfortable coming and and uh, sharing their their experiences with other people and, and it is just a cool venue where where you it, it's interesting because it's the one place in Bigfooting is as we all know uh, Facebook is not the place where there's a lot of tolerance for differing opinions and 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 such but uh, excuse me if you hear uh, uh, noise in the background. I'm actually sitting outside today, so um, <laughs> understandable. <laughs> it might be a little bit noisy, but but no, guy guy has uh, done a great job uh, creating a, a venue for, uh, and w- we can you know as a group of people that can agree to disagree, and we don't have to agree on everything. And the funny thing is is that uh, uh, we're all in you know most of most people. Think we're all crazy anyway because we're out looking for Bigfoot, and then then we got groups, you know. That, so the finger pointing inside of Bigfooting to me is like uh, ironic. <laughs> is it? Uh, well, there's crazier people inside of Bigfooting, you know. There's there's fringe people. Well, there's just differing opinions. We don't. There's not much we can say about the topic that we can say for certain. So, absolutely, um, you know. Uh, and kudos, all the kudos goes to Guy for these these Hopsquatch events. Um, he does create this uh, wonderful uh, local uh, Portland event, and you know with uh, 
we had his blessing and we, we you know, we helped him out uh, and got this thing off the ground. And I was, you know, I was a little bit hesitant. You just never know what you're going to get. It's like a box of chocolates, I guess. You never know what you're going to get. And we fortunately today had a phenomenal amount of, I, I found uh, everybody to be very honest and credible. There was no outrageous stuff going on. But same time, everybody was uh, very attentive uh, in, in hearing, you know, these reports and these encounters. And um, and I know some of the people that spoke early gave courage to those that probably when they showed up were like, oh, I might speak, I might not. I know I know they, as time went by, <clears throat> the few individuals that were kind of hesitant, they, they eventually came up and spoke. And it was just really awesome to see that because I could see with, with some of them, a sense of relief, like, you know, I got a, a venue to speak this, I'm in uh, a safe place, and I, I really enjoyed that, because, uh, like Wes was saying, you know, it does take sometimes, like, an area like, you know, an, uh, a venue like that to to be, for these, you know, for folks to come out and share their encounters so without being ridiculed or slammed, uh, and, and, I mean, Let's let's face it. This is a fringe topic to begin with. I said this at the uh, the hopscotch. It's a fringe topic, and there's a lot more stories out there. I guarantee there's a lot more uh, reports, encounters, uh, stories, sightings, and people are just either not interested, which is a small percentage, I believe, or just afraid to, which is a larger percentage. Um, you know, and it, it, whether it's it's you know going to cost them their job or, or they're they're in a they don't want to be ridiculed and made fun of or you know, they're questioning their sanity, you know, but, uh, you know, and that's one of the main reasons I wanted to put this, this event together, because I know there's a lot of people out there that want to talk, and and I, I did, I, I invited a few people that I knew that would share their encounter, I wanted to draw people out and make them feel comfortable, and that was the point um, of that, uh, you know, and, and thank you, Wes, too, because I know you um, promoted on your, um, your, <clears throat> your website, and, and uh, I know that, I know for a fact you, you drew some people out, and that was awesome. I really appreciate that. Yeah, anytime, fellas. Anytime, anything I could ever do for you guys, just let me know, and I'm happy to do it. Like I said, it's uh, I'm big on people's encounters. I love hearing people's encounters and people sharing. And, and today, that's really what it was all about. You know, we can talk about the science. We can talk about uh, the evidence. We can talk about – and all of that stuff yeah. is relevant but at the end of the day, you know, when someone has an encounter, it really does change their life. It really does affect people who who see these things. And, I, I, you know, one of the biggest ways to get back, I think, is, is giving an ear to listen to someone. You know, I was just coming in from the break that you guys had, and I think there was like a five-minute break, and I think I heard like three or four encounters on my way back to my seat of uh, people just wanting to, you know, share an encounter and, and share what they saw. And... um you guys did a great job. I can't uh, thank you guys enough and can't commend you guys enough for, for the work that you guys did today. I mean, they're really, like I said, the, the science is, is part of it. The evidence is part of it. But part of it, too, really is a human factor when you can uh, give someone that shoulder to, you know, get it off their chest, get the story off their chest. And that's really what you guys did today. And like Shane said, you know, there was a lot of a lot of the encounters. Some some of the encounters, people didn't see anything, but they talked about what they witnessed, what they heard, what they experienced, and all of that's part of it too. So, uh, thank you guys for for doing that. It was awesome. 
Well, and it's, I, think, I, I know that we probably, I, we've all talked them. to different witnesses and stuff that um, that haven't ever had anybody that they felt that they could share their encounter with. I personally, um, our friend Larry shared an encounter, and I was the first person he had told in 30 years he'd never felt comfortable telling somebody. And uh, another gentleman that, that's a, uh, a friend of a friend actually um, had shared his encounter from like 30 years ago with his family initially and, and been ridiculed and, and teased so much about it that he never said anything until um, she actually uh, became interested in the topic and, and he was able to share it with her. And now he, um, he's, he shared it with other people. Now he found, you know, some receptive ears, but, but uh, to have something like that happen and then not have any, you know, I, I just can't imagine not being able to talk to anybody about it. And, and, uh, but there is that whole fear factor of, of, are you going to, you know, are you going to be ridiculed? Are people going to think you're nuts? Um, so it's, it's always cool that to, uh, provide that, uh, opportunity for people to, to listen and not be, be judged harshly about. And I, I, and I, there's a difference between, um, being critical of, of evidence, and I'm sure there are some stories that are, you know, uh, less credible than other stories. But, but um, when you can open up and listen to, to uh, and let people share their, their encounters, it, it's, it's a, a, it's a good thing for for Bigfoot researchers too, is in, yeah, and for the witnesses because there's so many people out there that have had stuff happen and don't one they don't know who to talk to about it. And uh, and they're afraid to to uh, uh, tell people because they are you know none of us want to have our friends and family tell us think that we're nuts so right Wes I got a question for you Wes so you know you have Sasquatch Chronicles um, you know see this, this event today this this town hall meeting. Something that's been on my mind to do for a while, especially with Hopsquatch. Not just I knew it would draw a crowd. I knew it was a perfect venue for, you know, it's a comfortable atmosphere. There's people serve food. You can grab a drink. You know, and and if you want, you know, most people, most uh, most of those that have had encounters, uh, especially ones that have, pretty much just flipped them upside down, changed their life, have just kind of blown their mind. They don't just, you know, most of the time they don't just come out and, and scream their top of their lungs, you know, I, you know, I had this encounter. They usually hold it in and, and it, it, it bottles up and sometimes you never hear of these reports. And when you do, sometimes it's, it's, you know, 30 years down the road or 10 years down the road. One of the things I appreciate about podcasting and and specifically Sasquatch Chronicles is because I think it's a great venue for people. I think you've created, you know, you were talking about Hopsquatch here. I think you've created a great uh, vehicle, a great um, atmosphere where cause you don't slam people, you know, and that's key. I, that's kind of what I'm getting to is you don't slam people. You know, you, you listen to them. You give them a venue to share uh, their experiences, uh, their research, or whatever, without the uh, diabolical, uh, you know, setup. It's, it's, you know, you just provide them a nice, comfy atmosphere uh, to just spit it 
And uh, that's kind of what I was trying to do, to, or, you know, that's, I think, what Gunnar and I were trying to do today. And I think it worked out well. What are your thoughts on, on that whole, you know, the, you were talking about it earlier, but I'd like for you to expand upon it. Yeah, I think there's a couple things when you're when you're talking to people. You know, and I, it's interesting when you, when you really go to talk to people. I had a guy I talked to one time on the phone. He didn't want to come on the show. Uh, and I spent probably like an hour talking to this guy. He was an FBI agent in Texas, and I've and I've talked about this a little bit on my show. But he was an FBI agent, um, and and for the first 15 minutes of him and I talking, it was a resume. He was telling me he's six foot five, he weighs this much, he's huh. been in law, you know, he's Mister Law Enforcement. He is no nonsense. On and on and on and on. So I sat and I listened to everything he had to say. I listened to his full resume about how big and bad he was and all this other stuff. And then he was talking about he was in a tree stand one time and he was in and, and this happened really recent. He was out in East Texas and he was in a tree stand. And he said what happened was two first he saw these two hogs come running out of the the brush. And what followed those two hogs were two large um, and I don't remember the word he used, but he, it was something to the effect of like chimpanzee. It was just huge, seven, eight foot tall, um, built like a bodybuilder chasing down this hog. And he's only, I mean, he's literally from a tree stand. He's got a bird's eye view of what's going on. And he goes through and he describes everything to me and everything he saw. And then the guy broke down in tears. The guy was literally in tears for almost five minutes when we were on the phone. And he was really choked up, and he was talking about it, and he was saying, hey, man, I used to make fun of people who, who said these things are real. Um, and he's like, I haven't even told my wife this story. I gave up hunting. Uh, I started listening to the show. And, and I think when you create a safe environment for people to share their encounter and talk about what they've seen and talk about what they have experienced – um, more and more people will start to come out. You know, kind of like today, Opsquatch is a very safe environment. It really, there was no pressure on anyone to to come up and talk. Um, yet it was one after another after another. And people that go through this, and people that experience this and have these encounters, whether it be visual or not, have experiences. Really want to get it off their chest. They want to uh, talk to someone about it. It's kind of like. Um, I remember I was talking to a hunter one time, and I'd asked him, hey, have you ever seen anything strange out in the woods? You know, I didn't want to come out and say, hey, have you seen Sasquatch or, or a Bigfoot? But I said, have you ever seen anything strange out in the woods? And he said, what, like Bigfoot? I said, yeah, like Bigfoot. And, and this was here in Washington State. And he went and gave me a hard time and was laughing, and those things don't exist. And, you know, I just sat there with my poker face looking straight at him, didn't, didn't change expressions or you know, you can tell if I just came from a fight or if I just came from, you know, church. Uh, I never changed expressions. And I just kind of shrugged my shoulders and said, okay. Well, I thought I'd ask. And as I'm walking off, uh, he says, well, you know what? There was this one time. And I knew it was coming. And then he started to tell me how he saw this bear running up on two legs and how it was really strange. It was sprinting through the woods on two legs. And it seemed to run uh, for 200 yards, no problem up on two legs, and he just thought it was really, really odd. And, and the more I talked to him about it, I said, so 
how many bears have you seen get up on two legs and just go for a, a 200-yard dash? And he kind of looked at me like, so, I mean, when I think when as researchers, as enthusiasts, as people who are into the subject, when they approach it as not a joke um, and they approach it as it being something serious, people are more apt to talk about it. The people down south, um, you know, Texas, Louisiana, Missouri, Arkansas, Oklahoma, it's like pulling teeth to get them to say anything about it uh, because they just don't talk about it down there. But I think once you create that safe environment, once you create that, hey, this isn't a joke, um, once you create that uh, chemistry, people are are more apt to come out and talk about it. I think people want to talk about it. People want to get it off their chest. They want to tell someone. And generally, after an encounter, the first person they tell is family. And family is the most cruel. I can say this from having several brothers. Family is the most brutal people to go to first and tell them you've seen anything crazy because uh, they will tear you apart. But, you know, if you do create a safe environment, people will come forward. They won't. I, I honestly believe people want to get it off their chest. People really do. They 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 don't want to bottle this up. And they wanted to get it off their chest uh, to an area, uh, to someone that isn't going to beat them up or call them a liar or beat them, you know, so... No, well said. Well said. I I also think, you know, they want to get off their chest, but I think uh, they also just want to understand. You know, um, we we, we did a show a few weeks back where we were talking about, you know, where do most of these sightings come from? You know, I mean, is it are researchers getting these sightings, or is it just your average layman, uh, hiker, camper, hunter? Well, I mean, quite honestly, it's your average person doing your average things in the woods, whether it's fishing, hiking, uh, and and they feel they you know it's not so much that you know I mean they definitely want to get off their chest but I, I think a lot of times they want to understand what they saw what they experienced you know for a lot of hunters and stuff you know specifically um, that have never experienced you know anything like this and also you know they can be lifelong hunters and and Wes you've had a ton of them on your show lifelong hunters. Uh, you know, we're talking 20, 30, 40, whatever years that they're out hunting and, you know, doing their thing and bam, they have an encounter. They have a sighting. And it just blows their mind because they're like, man, I've, I've been hunting these woods or this area or I've been doing this my whole life and there it is. And they shut up. They clench up. They don't They don't share their report or encounter. And it's a lot to do with, well, who? where do they go? Who do they talk to? Uh, do they want to talk to anybody? You're, you're just going to, you know. You've been hunting with the same folk, same guys, or went off for same amount of time you've been hunting, and you got nowhere to turn to. Um, and and if you do turn to them, you know you're probably gonna be laughed at. Quite honestly, right. and so it's not just it's it's getting it off your chest, but it's also trying to come to terms as to what you experienced or saw, and and. That's why I really do believe it's important to to have events like this. But uh, I, I mean, this this particular hopscotch you know, town hall, I've already made a number of friends. I know you did as well, Wes, and and got some connections and contacts and people I want to talk to you, uh, where where I can follow up. You know that people, they're you know they're like this happened and I need answers and 
that's why I believe uh, these events are important. But people really do want to understand, and I do. I want to understand what Sasquatch is. I want to know exactly what it is. Uh, you know, but it's you know, it's it's a two-way uh, fold there. Get off your chest, but understanding. You know, I mean, does that make any sense to you? Because <laughs> it does to me. Yeah. And the other point to what you're saying, though, Shane, too, is. I think a lot gets missed in in encounters, and, and I'll give you guys an example. Um, yeah. You know, all of us, we really don't know what Sasquatch is. At the end of the day, we really don't know what, what it is. We can speculate. We can go off of its behavior, off of what people describe we see, and we can come up with theories on what we think it is. And at the end of the day, it's really just theories, but, you know, it's based on something. But, you know, when you the other side of the coin to other people, to hearing someone's encounters, you can gather a lot of information off of the behavior. What was it doing? What was it vocalizing? What was it? I'll give you guys an example. I had a guy on a couple of weeks ago, and what he described to me, he saw this Sasquatch. He, he's in Tennessee. He's a hunter. He's new to the area, goes out with some friends of his, and he gets in this hunting blind. And as the sun's coming up, he sees about 100 yards, 150 yards away, he sees what he thinks is a bear until it stands up on two legs. And as he's looking at it, he's realizing, okay, this isn't a bear, but I don't really know what this is. So he puts the binoculars on it, and he's watching this thing. And it had gotten up from, I'm assuming, sleeping. It had stood up, and basically what it, the behavior that it did is it walked over and grabbed a rock. And it picked up a rock, walked over to a tree, and started banging on a tree, almost like wood knocking. What people hear is wood knocking. And it would bang on the tree three times with this rock. It would stop and it would listen against a tree. And then it would bang against a tree three more times, and it would put its ear up against a tree. And this guy's sitting there with his binoculars the whole time watching it. He's not sure if he should run. He's downwind of it. Um, and he has his rifle, and he's really not sure, should I run, should I shoot this thing, should I... He's just in awe watching it through his binoculars. And he said eventually what it did is it pushed the tree over. And I don't remember, I, I want to say he said possum. It grabbed a rodent of some kind out of this tree, and he said it, it walked up to another tree, smashed the possum uh, against a tree, and then bit into the stomach and used its hands to basically skin it right there and eat it whole. And he said he sat and watched this thing eat it, and then it took a stick and started digging out larvae and, and other insects, and it was sitting there eating this tree, this deadfall tree it just basically pushed over. Um, and, and so you can get so much. We speculate speculate so much on what they do. But a lot of times if we can get witnesses to come forward and say, hey, what did you see? What, what did you, you know, we can start to gather information as one of the tools in the tool bag on what these things do. Why do they do that? You know, what what are these things doing? And a lot of that comes from witness testimony. Well, a lot of it comes from witness testimony. I mean, uh, I, and most of it comes from witness testimony in it's because a lot of these witnesses are unique, you know, as far as some of them have unique uh, jobs. Uh, some 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 of these individuals are in unique positions uh, or in unique areas even. And and to 
provide platforms and, and whatnot, you know, to for for them to speak is is man, I don't know. It, I, I find it very uh important to give them a venue to talk. Uh, and, and and you know, people love to to slam. They just love to slam. Uh, you know, your encounter, your report or make fun of you. And I think we miss out on so much uh, of the details, like you're saying, Wes, of the details. We miss out on a ton of details. And only it's because people aren't comfortable sharing those details. And, we're, you know, we're not going to get anywhere uh, without collaboration and letting people, at least providing, you know, you know, this comfortable atmosphere, or at least, uh, you know, listening to people. Have an open ear, for Pete's sake. And, you know, you may disagree with them. You know, I didn't agree with every person that spoke tonight, you know, but, I, you know, what? I wasn't there for one during their encounter or whatnot, you know, so I can't, all I can do is, is receive what they're saying and take it in. But a lot of the reports tonight mimicked, uh, <laughs> that was one of the coolest things I thought was, a lot, a lot of the people that were, were sharing their encounter, were sharing something. There was, I, I was patterns were building my head. Collab, I mean, just similarities were just uh, abundant, and I thought that was really cool. And I've seen it before. You know, I, I've been to other town halls. I've been to finding Bigfoot town halls, and this was by no means no finding Bigfoot town hall. This was a lot different. Uh, the the some of the similarities and stuff that I, I heard from some of the individuals speaking, I, I you know it, it always excites me when I hear people share their encounter and when I see uh, you know after Hopscotch was all said and done, some of these people actually connected. I saw them sitting down together and sharing a beer or a meal and they're just they're talking and they're collaborating and they're just like well you know it, it was it was a really cool thing to see just you know people that have never met each other in life uh, but had a connection. And they wanted to further that connection by talking to each other and, and discussing each other's encounters. Because I know they saw some similarities in them. And, uh, Wes, I, I'm sure uh, because of, you know, say Sasquatch Chronicles, for example, you've had people on there that, uh, you know, they're listening to the show and they go, that happened to me. Or, uh, you know, I would love to, to share my encounter because it's so similar. I mean, it, it, I think that's one of the coolest things about uh, events and, and, pod, and, and, you know, talking on podcasts and radio shows and stuff is getting this collaboration, getting people, click, you know, hooked up and and speaking together and uh, figuring things out and, 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 and then deciding what to do and where to go from there. I think it's awesome. Yeah, that, that cool. does happen a lot, you know, with regard to when people come on and share their encounters. I've had that happen several times. And it's funny when you bring up something strange uh, in the woods or, I guess as a side note, like the orbs I talked about, you know, uh, people are like, oh, yeah, you know, I've, I've seen that too, and I'm not even into Bigfoot. Um, or another example would be I had people who um, would put a flashlight, they'd be out in the woods, they'd be shining a flashlight at one of these creatures, and it would seem like, the light really wasn't reflecting back, like the light really wasn't uh, going anywhere. And I remember I had this guy on from, uh, he does, he's a producer for movies and t television, and he was talking about the pigment of the skin. And if there's the dark pigment of the skin, 
they have problems with it in the movie theaters to, or in the movies when they have people in different costumes and whatnot. When they shine a light on them uh, or any sort of light, the light doesn't really reflect back, so it gives this illusion like it's being sucked up into um, you know, whatever you're shining a light on. And so it talks about the pigment of the skin. And you know, there's been a lot of different examples of people that uh, have come on it's amazing. I, I would say more people, I would say the listeners know the show better than I do because they'll say, you know, in this episode, this person was talking about this. And um, I'll give you even a better example. I'm having this guy on tomorrow night. And one of the comments he said to me was, this thing moved like a crackhead. Now to everyone else, they might stop and kind of laugh when they hear that. But what's interesting about his comment, I've heard that three or four different times from people. Um, in his particular encounter, it was pinned down, and the creature was, uh, he describes it as being about seven, seven and a half feet tall. This happened out in Missouri, and this creature was pinned down, and he had pinned it down by mistake with his car. He had pulled it into his driveway. This guy lives in the middle of nowhere. Pulled into his driveway. Uh, it's about a, a quarter of a mile down to his home. Has his brights on it. And he's watching this thing, and it's pinned down in this corner in his lot that he lives on. He, he has about nine acres, but it was pinned down in this particular location. And he said it was real jerky motions. This thing, its head was real jerky motions. Um, he said it was really almost like watching someone in panic mode. They're not really sure if they should fight or run. And they have these, and he said he, he reminded him of a crackhead. And what's interesting about what he said was, when I did the Siege, Siege of Hanabi episode, I talked to Mike Humphreys. He talked about one being in, in the dumpster, and he walked up on it, and he was going to shoot it. And he said the way it was moving, and, I, and I'll have to go back and listen to this particular show. I don't think I said it on air, but when Mike and I were talking, he said it moved around like a crackhead, like someone on speed. He said it's, it was real jerky motions. Its head was wow. shifting back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And it's because he was walking out with um, a gun and he was basically going to shoot this thing. And so he said it was almost like uh-huh. it was in panic mode, like a crackhead. Uh, and I've heard other witnesses describe that. I had Pam on who had a dogman encounter and she described the same thing. She said it was real jerky motions, uh, kind of like a crackhead. She said it was just someone on speed is what you reminded her of, someone in complete panic mode their heads going back and forth, they seem real nervous. Um, And so you're right, Shane, you do get a lot from other people. When someone comes out and says, hey, I saw this, you'd be amazed how many people come out and go, you know what, I saw that too. Here's what I saw. Or it might be slightly different, but it only takes one, it's kind of like today at the Hop Squatch event. It only takes the first person to get up on stage and then it's, you know, one after another after another, people wanting to get it off their chest. And you can gather so much information from what people say. Well, that's, yeah, Absolutely. one of the, the hugely valuable things of, of eyewitness reports is finding commonalities in behavior. And, and again, today in one of the, the witnesses who shared their encounter, um, they they spoke about seeing a a squatch up in a tree and peeking out from behind a tree. And that's something that that uh, we talk about, is that, is that a behavior that they have? And the more people you talk about, you run across 
um, them telling stories of of seeing them in up in trees, and um, so now you you know, and it's uh, corroborating evidence. I mean, it's more uh, you know, you get a, a one person telling you that they did this particular behavior. Okay, that it's interesting, but you get you know twenty people telling you that they exhibit the same behavior. Now, I mean, it's just kind of building a case of evidence. It's like, okay, well, that's a behavior that, um, you know, if if I had one person tell me that, that they levitate, I, I probably would uh, not value that the same as if 20 people told me that, that they saw them levitating. And then I'm like, well, we got to really listen. I mean, that's, there's, some, there's some part of, you know, uh, we have our beliefs about uh, their behavior and what they what they're their uh, what they're capable of or what what their behaviors are and then there's um, parts that we're not as comfortable with but I would you know we can't it's it's no more scientific to ignore uh people's stories of things we don't want to believe than it is to uh to include those things and like because we don't, people don't like the idea of, of glowing eyes or whatever. It, that that's fine. I don't, I don't, I can agree to disagree with somebody with their interpretation of something was, but I've heard enough of people report something like that it, that it needs to be included in, in, the database. Um, what it is, that we goes don't know the nature too, of it, that kind of stuff. What's that? Yeah, I sorry, I, I had to because. What you're describing right now is is almost how I think a lot of people feel just about the the, the cryptid or like Sasquatch in general. It's like just because you know you're talking about the the eye shine or the eye glow by luminescence, whatever you want to call it, as an example. Uh, that's how a lot of people look at the. I think the subject of Sasquatch is like I, I nah I don't believe it nah I don't want to believe it I don't believe it that's not possible it doesn't fit into what I I believe or I think and so they immediately scrub it out right they scrub it off. And, and right there you have a wall. I mean, that's it. End all, be all. You know, it would take, you know, a Sasquatch basically to come up and slap them in the face for them to change their mind. Uh, with, they're not going to look at evidence. They're not going to look at stuff like that. But uh, I just, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I saw, I saw, I was looking at the comparison there when you're just talking about a very fringe subject to begin with. And I'm thinking, well, that's kind of like what Sasquatch, I mean, it's already fringe, but this, that's even fringier. But yet people automatically... You know, they, it doesn't fit into what they believe or what you know. You know, I mean, I've never experienced that, uh, and and it doesn't fit into my thoughts. But I'm not so close-minded to think that you know. Well, I wasn't there, so I mean, I I can't discount everything. You understand? Right. Well, there's enough commonalities in in the way that people report um, to that we get a, a a reasonable idea of, of what they look like, and then there's reports where there's things like um, that not everybody has experienced. They may have, um, but it, then it's all evidence requires, you know, context. So in what context, how many people, you know, how many sightings are at night, how many sightings uh, are include uh, uh, eye shine, eye, eye glow. Oh, and I, I, I think there's a distinction between Eye shine, which to me is like like reflective light, and then eye glow, which seems to be when people report um, like glowing right. eyes in the absence of other light. 
Well, let me ask you guys. Let me ask you guys yeah, something ahead. on the iGlow. There's a lot of, um, and I wasn't going to bring this up, but I got a couple things I can <laughs> tell you guys. Um, with regard to the iGlow, have you guys ever taken a report from someone where they said they saw an actual Sasquatch with glowing red eyes? Or have you guys gotten the reports where they just see the glowing red eyes? Um, the, all the reports that I, I've not ever heard of a report or taken one personally where they saw that they saw anything attached to the glowing eyes, that it always was just disembodied eyes at a certain, at a height and a width that would fall into the range of what, and, and maybe there's some other um, activity in association, you know, maybe they heard bipedal movement or, or they had had branch breaks or, or maybe there'd been a sighting at some other time, you know, a daylight sighting in association with it. But, but I've never heard, I've never heard, uh, a, personally a story of, I saw, I saw glowing eyes and I saw them attached to a Sasquatch. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I, I as well. I, I, I've taken in reflective eye shine, you know, eye shine. Uh, I've, I've heard, you know, trust me, I've, I've heard of reports where people claim that the eyes seem to be glowing, uh, that they, they, you know, beyond reflection. The eyes are bioluminescent. They're, they're emitting light almost. In fact, uh, I kind of heard one of those, those uh, encounters today at Hopsquatch, where the guy was saying that. You know, it was it was kind of green, and, and it, you know, it kind of left an impression in his eye. You know, like kind of like uh, what I assume. You know, you, you stare at a light bulb, and you turn the light off, and you still have that 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 glow, even though you have your eyelids closed. You know, you close your eyelids, and you're looking. It's kind of like a weird sensation in the glow. That's kind of what he described, I believe. And you know, I've taken and I've not so much taken reports. I've heard of them. Uh, most of the reports that I've taken, quite honestly. If it's if it's um, anything to do with the ice at night, it's been reflective. Uh, you know, not necessarily generating lights, but it's something I can't discount because there are um, quite a few reports where people report that. And so it's a, you know it's a very interesting subject. You know, we, we uh, you know bioluminescence really is. Uh, there's only a few creatures that do it, and they're mostly you know I mean they're ocean dwelling creatures. You know, deep see one creatures where they need to have light, and they use that light sometimes to even um, catch prey. But uh, I've not taken a whole bunch of reports myself, or any reports, to be honest, where uh, people are seeing that. Or like Gunner had said, attached to, you know, it's one thing to see the eyes, but what are they attached to? Uh, I think that's an important question, because unless you see a sil- at least a silhouette or something, kind of hard to say what they're attached to unless there's a bigger picture, which I know many reports um, do share. It's not just the eyes. But I, I hope that kind of answers your question, Wes. Yeah, I find it interesting. I think there's a couple things going on in this world uh, that people are seeing. You know, some of the weirder reports, because I get them from time to time, really off-the-wall strange reports, but I get them from people who are uh, very coherent when they're talking to you very much here's what I saw here's what I experienced and I think there's a couple things going on in this world Uh, my personal opinion on it and again I could be wrong but my personal opinion on it you know if you study 
history, especially biblical history, there was a uh, demonic figure that had glowing red eyes, and people would see them at night. And people would, and it, it had nothing to do with Bigfoot, absolutely nothing to do with Bigfoot. But people would find this entity in the forest that would come up, uh, upon it. Um, I'll give you guys another example. I got this video that was sent to me by this guy. And if, if I'm going too far off, let me know, guys. You guys can cut me off and no, mute me out. But uh, I got this. Time to go this, to commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Sasquatch coffee. Have you tried it yet? Sasquatch coffee. <laughs> No, this 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 guy sent me this uh, video, and he was saying, "Here's a cloaking Bigfoot." Now I've watched a million of these. I've gotten them from people all over the United States, but this guy kept emailing me and kept emailing me and just wouldn't let it go. So I was like, "Okay, I'll watch your video." So I go through and I watch his video, and uh, what's interesting about his video? So before I tell you about his video, I'll tell you about this. Pre-Vikings, there was, I think it was the Nordic people. I'll have to look up, find out exactly what the, they called these people. But it was part of the Viking. Uh, they they were pre-Vikings, but in that time era. And what these people would do is they would go out to the forest, they would leave a gift, and they would leave food. Now, the gift had to be generally something that meant something to you or was something... Uh, of value to you, uh, meaning personally, not not value like money value, but something that, that was personal to you. And they would leave these gifts in the forest along with food for the spirit gods. And this is a long-standing ritual that they used to do. I guess today we call it pagan uh, religion. But basically what these people would do is they'd go out to the forest, they would leave gifts in the form of, of something personal and then along with food. And then what the spirit gods would do is they would they would take your gift and they would leave you something uh, back. Now, how many times have you heard that from people? <laughs> Gifting and leaving food, and then you get a gift back. But what's interesting is you as you read into this culture, this was part of their. Uh, and again, it had nothing to do with Sasquatch, Bigfoot, forest, you know, whatever you want to call them. It had nothing to do with that. This was a ritual that they used to do. And so I think when people, you know, because I do believe that stuff goes on in this world. Um, but I think as people talk about the weirder side or weirder things that happen, kind of like the Igolo I asked you guys. Now, have you guys ever seen a, a, or taken a report from someone that said they saw a Sasquatch, saw, you know, just like you would take any other yeah. report except for like glowing red eyes, and the answer is no every time. I've never, ever heard anyone say they've taken that report. All they see is the glowing red eyes. Now, how do you correlate that with Sasquatch? Um, and so I'm always kind of confused when I talk to people about the weirder side of this topic. How do you correlate that to this? How do you correlate um, what you're experiencing? Because a lot of these people, I do believe they're telling the truth. I really do. And that might sound, and that might disappoint a lot of my audience, but I, I honestly think these people that are experiencing the weirder side of this are actually there's there's either two things going on either a they're mentally ill or b they're actually experiencing these things going on, and so even if it's one percent of the people who are experiencing this, you have to take that in consideration, and it's almost like you're trying to find an answer for people. 
uh, what they experience and why they go into, well, this was Bigfoot related, like the glowing red eyes. Well, why, why do you think that was Bigfoot related? Why do you think, um, you know, I'm, I'm lost on, on why you think this is Sasquatch related. It's kind of like a guy I had on the show one time who had, I, I honestly believe this guy has legitimate Sasquatch activity going on in his property. I also believe this guy has legitimate UFO activity going on in his property. Well, he came to the conclusion that Bigfoot is, UFO, is an alien. And this is a smart guy. I mean, this this wasn't like some hillbilly I was talking to from Mountain Sticks. This was a really this was a college educated man. And I was as I was talking to him, I said, "Hey, well, why do you think Bigfoot is an alien?" Well, I'm seeing UFOs, and I'm also seeing Sasquatch. Well, you don't think those two things are two separate issues going on on your property? And it's almost like it was a revelation right. to him. Like he never really thought that they could be two separate things going on. Um, I don't know why I went off on that tangent, guys. Sorry. No, you're fine. Um, you, you know, you brought up some very good points, though, because a lot of times, and I, I think you kind of nailed it. People tie in. There, there's some weird stuff that happens in this world. There's stuff I can't explain. I mean, I can't even explain Sasquatch, but there's a lot of weird stuff um, that that. Because it happens in certain places, I think, like say it happens in the woods or it happens in a Bigfoot known hotspot, uh, whether it's, you know, people reporting orbs or being sizzled or zapped or whatever, they did, they just assume, because most of the time, you know, most of the people I talk to didn't see anything when they had these paranormal or, or odd, really strange uh, things going on, they didn't see Sasquatch. They didn't see Sasquatch do it. They didn't see Sasquatch. They uh, were either in an area where Sasquatch would normally be, or they've they've done some research and found out that other people are claiming this is what Sasquatch does. You know, there. So I'm trust me. I'm not going to jump on anybody's case. I got friends that believe that Sasquatch 100, you know, is 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 doing this stuff. It, whether you know, whether it's zapping people uh, or you know, you know, ultra, you know, infrasound which I'm not opposed to yet. I'm open to that. But infrasound, um, you know, the glowing eyes. I mean, there's lots of, you know, I know, I know nothing. But, I, yeah. I, man, I, you nailed it when you said that there there can be other explanations and two things going on that have nothing to do with each other, per se. And uh, I think, you know, people really just need to step back and think about what's going on and say, well, did I, you know, if you had a rock come at you through the woods, like I have, I didn't immediately jump to Sasquatch, personally. I didn't. Uh, but I had to wonder, you know, there's only a few things that do that. But they're known to do that. Anything I think kind of ties in with, with, you know, the paranormal aspect to a lot of this stuff is that, you know, I didn't see what threw that rock at me. Uh, it's a good-sized rock. Uh, so I can roll out a lot of things. But I can't necessarily rule in a lot of things. I mean, it's either human. Uh, well, there wasn't a hill there. Didn't fall out of a tree. Had velocity and had an arc. So I can't I can't nail it down to what it was. But I didn't see what threw that rock. But I could possibly attribute to Sasquatch, sure, um, based on a lot of the reports out there. But 
I still, you know, you can't nail stuff down. I, that's one of my biggest issues when people go, this happened, uh, or Sasquatch, this was Sasquatch. And you just you just can't approach it like that. I, You know, I, I'm getting a little bit tongue-tied here, but, you know, I totally agree yeah. with you, Wes, on that. And there could be multiple things going on. And, um, you know, like the guy you were talking to where he, he had some UFO activity and his Bigfoot activity, and you kind of just laid a little egg in there, and it cracked, and he was like, huh, never thought about that. I mean, that that's... A lot of people just uh, automatically jump to a conclusion without really doing any true research lot, or, or just a lot really of, stop and think about it. Well, a lot of it, 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 it's like the, you know, the dot, the connect the dot books that we used to do when we were kids, <laughs> you know, and I think people, uh, you have, you have to, if, if you're doing it based purely science way, you, you have to, you can't jump from dot to dot without putting the line in between them. I mean, then that's that's kind of what I think happens sometimes. And and Wes brings up a good point. Have you heard? You know, do do these reports of of glowing orbs? We can't even say they're eyes because you can't. Um, nobody has seen an an actual eyeball. You see two glowing red eye shaped orbs floating around in the woods. And and people uh, attribute it to Sasquatch. Um, that's I, I've had personal experiences. I I um, had an experience where where I was sitting in camp with with one of our research partners. Uh, she's telling a story. All of a sudden, there's a loud crash behind her. Prior to that, we'd heard you know some branches break. We'd had heard movement in around camp. Um, the next day, uh, we, we found a, about a five inch diameter rock within two feet, you know, behind her chair. The best, now it'd be easy. The easy thing for me to say is that's what made the, the, you know, we had a loud crash, something through this rock. And I can't, I mean, it, it's very, well, it's tempting and convenient to do that. It's, I, I can't say that that's what happened. I just heard a crash, and it, it's really—I mean, it's really easy to 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 blur those lines or connect those two dots because in you know if I was assigning a percentage to it, I, I'd say it's a good eighty plus percent that that's what caused that loud crash, but without actually having witnessed the rock flying through the air, and then then to go, then the best that I have, even if I know that that rock was was what made the crash is I know a rock landed there. I don't know what how it got there. I, and like you say, Shane, there's we we get a lot of exclusionary evidence where it's like we know it's not a, you know if, if a rock gets tossed in the forest, it's not an elk. You know we we can say a lot of things that it's not. It's not an owl. So we can eliminate a lot of of known animals, and then we're left with you know unknown. So. But until you see, you know, the whole picture, if I'm standing in daylight, clearly see a Bigfoot grab a piece of wood and hit a tree with it, then I know I got a tree knock. Otherwise, I got a knock on in the woods. And that's the, da- the danger of what, and what is really common is for people to attribute, we call things wood knocks when we don't know that's actually what they are. We don't, you know, 
we call things that we, we assign names to things like an experience. I I was out in the woods. I had I, I got shocked, I had a shocked feeling, and I, so people call it I was zapped. Part of that is doesn't do do credit to to the evidence because it assigns it a weird. It, it puts it makes it more. Uh, paranormal, it's like when people say cloaking. That immediately, to me, evokes a certain image. I mean, if you're talking about Star Trek and, you know, Klingon ships can cloak and, and alien predator, but but is that what happened? Unless you saw something shimmer, you know, was there, and then it shimmered and bit disappeared. Okay, now you can say cloaking. Appear, a, appear and then disappear in... Things do that all the time in the forest. You know, the animals camouflage based on. So it, the, the, uh, it's really important as we report what happens that we report what happens, not not uh, editorialize it. It's like, it, like I said, the the incident where where we had the loud crash in camp late at night and we found a rock in the proximity where the crash happened. I. I still don't tell people that that a rock was thrown at us. We found a rock. That's probably I I think that that's what made the crash. I don't know it with any cert, you know. I don't know it with 100% certainty. I certainly don't know that it was Bigfoot threw a rock at me. And I hear that a lot with people. I Bigfoot threw a rock at me. Did you see Bigfoot throw a rock at you? No, but a rock got landed, you know, got thrown. Okay, well, you know a rock will report. They extrapolate or or you know, because they don't know what else, what other explanation is. But we have to be very careful about, as as reporters of evidence, that you know we've heard a lot of weird crap up in in our research area, and mm-hmm. I can't attri- I cannot with any degree of certainty attribute it to a Bigfoot. Right. We've had weird stuff thing- that I can't. No other no that I can't contribute. I can't attribute to any known animal. That's the best I got. Yeah. We can look at, though, the history of the area, and there's a mm-hmm. historically, like I've said before, where uh, people report similar events, you know, that have had encounters. Um, you know, Larry, you know, one of our research partners, um, that pretty much got us on, on the go in, in the Tillamook area, had, you know, an encounter out there. And we can look at the historical reports the stuff going on with you know because you know there was a great uh one of my favorite uh reports or encounters that happened uh or that was shared at the uh, hopsquatch event um was it, it was he saw what he saw and he saw this thing do you know he calls bigfoot do some you know, phenomenal stuff, uh, but all not supernatural, very um, animal-like. Uh, it's actually a guy, I, I, or, you know, a couple, I should say. I hope that Wes gets on his show because I know his audience would just, uh, the detail and the, the um, well, the details leading up in, in to what he saw, and then subsequently what happened afterwards, I, I find very compelling and very uh, interesting. I hope Wes reaches out to them. I know you've talked to him, and I hope you get him on your show. And Wes knows who I'm talking about because it was around a lake, and, and you know this this thing was around a boat, and uh, you know, 
Well, his story uh, was is bipedal. That, that, yeah, he's reporting exactly what he saw. He saw, mm-hmm. and there's no like interpretation of the evidence. He he saw right. something from 15 feet away, looked at it in the face, and watched it traverse and and go from you know bipedal to quadrupedal, and and then get up and walk and walk into the woods. And what he saw was not a human. I mean, there was no other explanation. If if unless there's only two explanations for his that encounter story. He's lying. Oh, there could be three. Right. He's nuts. He's lying, or he saw what he saw, and that's he saw Bigfoot. That's I mean that that one's really plain. When there's interp- what I'm talking right. about, when there's evidence that is not definitive. I mean, a sighting is yeah. a sighting. What you when you see. A, a giant hairy ape with hair hanging off its arm, and it's leaning out of the tree, and it's looking at you, and I mean, and it yells at you, and you see it yell. It, it is what it is. That there's no like it's not open for interpretation. Audio stuff, wide open for interpretation. We can you know, we it, we could. It's just as it's not as likely, but there's the opportunity that when you hear something, and especially if you don't analyze it, you just hear the weird noise in the woods. That it's a noise that one you you don't have the experience to know what what it is that you're hearing. Two, it's an, a known animal that maybe maybe there's a sound that a known animal makes that we're just not familiar with. Um, or three, it's it's an unknown animal, and you know, and that until again that that audio evidence is so difficult because you hear weird stuff. We've heard weird stuff. We recorded weird stuff in the and we actually analyzed that that audio and and can determine whether it's a known animal or it's something unknown because there are voice prints for known animals. So that the difference between I mean this the story the gentleman and his wife shared at Hopswatch State, they saw what they saw. There was no I mean they right. were looking at they were looking at a, a face looking through brush through binoculars and it wasn't that they were like well i saw this you know there there, did not that story did not lend itself to red circles i mean that was that was a they they were looking at it and he thought he was initially you know that he was actually had pointed his rifle at a at another person because he saw it through the scope and yeah that i mean that that's completely it it is what it is. They they think they saw right. Bigfoot, and there's there's they're great witnesses. They they, they share a high degree of detail, and um, are very credible, and have had a couple of different things happen. I you know it mm-hmm. pisses me off because I've been to both the places he's had Bigfoot encounters, and no, I have not <laughs> seen one yet. So um, I've been at Palina Lake, and uh, you know I didn't go walk in the lake in the night, but I. Apparently, it should have been out there instead of in my cabin. But uh, you, you need a boat. Just, you it, need a boat, and you need to park in. in I need the, a boat. Uh, in, in the lake. Yeah, but, but it, that, that was yeah, that was an amazing encounter. Um, really was. You know the young the young man that the shared. Uh, I think his name was Jonah. Shared a story and yes. a daylight encounter and glowing eyes, but did not see. Could not. It wasn't connected necessarily to Bigfoot because he didn't see a Bigfoot. He saw some glowing eyes. And yeah. and heard some, you know, what he described. He thought might have been wood knocks, but 
that's a yep. little more interpretive evidence to me. So. Right. No, well, uh, well said, Gunner. I, 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 we, we're, we got about twenty minutes left, a little bit less than that. But I want to, you know, I got a question for Wes because during the the Hopsquatch Town Hall meeting, uh, there was someone that was brought up, and 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 one of the uh, one of the uh, um, well, her name's Jenny. She shared an encounter, not a sighting. She shared an encounter. And I know her personally, and, and the reason I find her fascinating is she's very blunt and very honest. He's in hiker. He's been bluff charged by bears and knows her animals. Uh, she uh, mentioned a couple of things. She said she kept saying, "I'm not a Bigfoot researcher. I'm not a Bigfoot researcher. I'm not an expert." And I, there was a point where I said, "Well, there are no experts," but I don't think I hammered it home uh, enough. And you know, my question, or I, I, I'd like Wes to talk about this as well, is that nobody's an expert. I don't claim to be an expert. I don't, not even close. I don't claim to be, um, I'm a, you know, I don't mind me calling a researcher. I research the subject. There's lots of researchers out there. It, there's lots of people research all sorts of subjects. Uh, call me an enthusiast. I don't care. Um, uh, there are people out there that have ex- experience in certain fields. Does that make them an expert? No. They're still researching their field. Uh, what, what, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it, it kind of troubled me that she kept saying, well, I'm not a big researcher. And I felt like that 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 because she was she was saying that, she felt lessened or not, uh, not um, like her encounter was less than, if, say, if I, a Bigfoot researcher had an encounter. And I, I wanted to tell her, no, and I have told her in person, but there's no such thing as an expert. We don't have a body to look at. We don't. We, we're going off of uh, experiences and, and, and research and uh, you know knowledge of the areas we go to and whatnot. But I mean, it, it, it just really it really irked me that she because she mentioned a few times I'm not a bigfoot researcher. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. No, no, I know exactly what you mean. And I think, you know, when you've had an encounter, you've had something happen, it only takes two seconds to look at, I even hate the term community, but look at the Bigfoot world. And what you'll find 99% of the time, not with everyone, but I'm saying generally, the, I would say the loudest mouths out there uh, is ego. And you'll find this, well, I know, you know, uh, I hate to say, God, I used to have one on my show. It's like, you know, no one has one. In the, it's like I would say, we, unless you have one in your garage you're studying, you really don't know. It's theories. You know, you, you're into the subject. Bigfoot researcher, Bigfoot investigator, uh, Bigfoot expert, all that means nothing. It really means nothing. No one's curing cancer here. You know what I mean? We're not saving lives here. And so um, I think with this field just like you'll find with any other field out there, UFO, ghosts, and uh, you find a lot of damaged goods when it comes to the people that are usually the loudest. And they'll talk about ego. They'll talk about, um, you know, well, and, and they'll talk about when they're discussing this subject, it's a matter of fact. Well, there's no really a matter of fact. You can give your theory based on X, Y, and Z, but at the end of the day, you might be wrong. But, you know, and that's all we can do is give our best um, theory based on 
behavior based on eyewitness testimony, based on this and this. This is the way I feel. This is why I believe this. Um, but at the end of the day, it means nothing because until one's dead laying on the table, all of that really is relevant. But to your point, Shane, yeah, it, it is. Um, uh, <laughs> I turned that negative into a positive. Maybe she was bragging that she wasn't a Bigfoot researcher. You know, it's a good thing. You know, <laughs> you know I mean, uh, maybe it's a good thing she wasn't saying I'm a, I'm a Bigfoot expert. You know, it's it's um, those are the people that uh, that type of person is a person I love to talk to because they're yeah. will share what they saw and they they will go into what they saw and usually they'll tell you everything. Uh, and more about what they saw. But you're right. I mean, I felt the same way when she was on stage, uh, Shane, as you did, as she was saying, well, I'm not a Bigfoot expert. I'm not a Bigfoot researcher. I'm not a... um," And I was thinking, no one else in this room is is better than you, so there's really no sense in saying that because, um, you know, let's hear what you saw. Let's hear what you experienced. But you're right. To your point, Shane, you're right. It it is something... um, I'm, I guess I'm just babbling. It's one of the biggest things that irks me more than anything else in this field is when you get that arrogance that from people that present themselves as experts. Because you're right, at the end of the day, there are no experts. And if you're not a big Bigfoot expert, my thumb goes up to you because no one else is either. <laughs> I think oh. the closest thing, I mean, there's, there, you know, uh, Dr. Meldrum is an expert in Merck foot morphology, so, but he is not certainly not a, a Bigfoot expert per se, but he, you know, he has a certain area of expertise and, and experience, you know, uh, same, the same could be said of Cliff Berkman as he has, you know, uh, uh, a high degree of experience uh, looking at, at footprints and, and cast and that, but again, and he'll tell you, and he said it I've heard him say it numerous times that he is not an expert. So I mean, they're like say they're the, the actually the the person who has seen one is the closest thing that we have to an expert. Um, someone who has witnessed and and know that they exist. That's about as as good a ex, quote unquote expert as we've got. They know more. You know, they know more about uh, the the subject that we're looking for than. Ninety-nine point nine percent of "quote unquote" Bigfoot researchers, you know that. Yeah. And it's and I couldn't agree more. I mean, that's and so there's two Bigfoot experts on no, <laughs> no, but I mean the fact <laughs> that people have had a, had confirmation, you know, that's that's really what Bigfoot research is about is is bringing confirmation of of an unknown species to the the awareness of the public. Right. And that's and. Um, yeah, you, you, people that you have that it, experience Gunner, on their own are already there. So, yeah, and you nailed it. I actually had a conversation with Cliff Barackman uh, this past weekend, and you know we both share mutual friends, and some of those friends uh, believe Asquatch is more paranormal, uh, and and you know many many of our mutual friends think you know it's more primate like and blah blah blah. But at the end of the day is. Cliff was trying to describe and and get you know explained was that you know for many people we know like myself I know Sasquatch exists I won't claim to know what Sasquatch is but I, I know they exist 
and if you can get people interested, uh, that day, when the day of discovery, as Cliff said, when the day of discovery happens, you have this amount of people. Whether what side of the fence you stand on, because the way Cliff described it was, they don't need protection right now. They're doing fine all by themselves, uh, and and they don't need our protection. But the day that they're discovered, the day that that some logger hits one or some Hunter scared and shoot one, um, and, and I, I do believe it will happen eventually. Uh, they will need protection. And that's the day they will need protection. And no matter where you stand on the subject or what you believe, whether you're wrong or right, you know they exist. And that's when we will be uh, united, I guess. Uh, you know, I don't want to say united, but there will be a common goal to protect them. And I think that's important. And that's why I don't go out of my way to slam those I disagree with or I don't find commonality. Uh, you know, I, it's a waste of my time. It's a waste of Bigfoot's time. It's a waste of the subject's time. But there is, you know, I don't think, I think those that are um, researching the subject, those that have had experiences and stuff, uh, you know, will probably want to have Sasquatch protected that day of discovery. And there's a common commonality there, you know. Uh, whether you know, we can argue all day about uh, if Sasquatch is aggressive, passive, kidnapping people is is outright violent or just passive. You know, we can argue about that all day. There's all sorts of beliefs. Uh, nothing's concrete. <clears throat> but I think a lot of people have the same goals and agendas as far as well. The day of discovery, no matter what they are. Um, the, you know, they will need. I, I mean, I believe they will need protection, eventually. Yeah, I, at some point. I tend to agree with you, Shane. You know, if you want drama, you can go watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Uh, <laughs> but in this subject, it's kind of <laughs> like taking pieces of the puzzle and putting them together. You know, one of the things um, Gunnar was saying earlier that, with regard to sounds, you know, it's it's all little pieces of the puzzle that we're putting together. And you're right, Shane. At the end of the day. Uh, you'd be shocked. Even some of the people have some of the other sides of the beliefs, whether they think they can go feed them apples or whatever. At the end of the day, you tend to agree on more than really you disagree on. Uh, there's points you disagree on, but there's pieces of the puzzle. But going back to what Gunnar was saying about the audio, um, you know, I've had witnesses on that said, I, I saw it scream at me. I watched it scream at me. Well, what did the scream sound like? Is it something like this? Is it like this? And you play different uh, those unidentified animal sounds to them, like a scream, and they're like, you know what? That's exactly what I heard. It's almost that is 100% what I heard. Um, or you'll hear kind of the mumbling chatter, and so it's just all little pieces of puzzle we're all putting together. And I think, like you said, Shane, with anything else, everyone's going to develop theories based on the stuff they're taking in. Um, but it, it all it really is just pieces of a puzzle we're putting together and coming up with our, our theories on what we think this thing is and what it does and why it does what it does. Well, and that's interesting. I mean, there there's people are are so poised. Well, particularly on Facebook, <laughs> but I, and I and as I said multiple times, I can guarantee you that one thing for sure: that Bigfoot will not be proven on Facebook. Um, I'm pretty sure it doesn't have an account and uh, it's not paying attention to what we're doing on Facebook. And, uh, you know, it, it, there's, people are so poised 
to to jump on anything that they perceive as uh, an opportunity to to uh, jump down somebody's throat. Or and and Wes, you you guys experienced that to a large degree not too long ago. And as funny as that, I it came for me. It came down to the people bitching and moaning about you know this or that. I said you you either uh, first of all people love Sasquatch Chronicles. Um, you and and it's a great the there you have a separate thing you have two guys that that have an have had an encounter some people disagree with the details or what and and you guys have answered those questions and but but the thing is is Sasquatch Chronicles is is a product it's a great product and in terms of uh, providing uh, entertainment and and information to people um, that that love Bigfoot encounters, and I, it's a show that I really enjoy. And it, though though I mean, it, some people can get pissy about what they their their misconceptions or or jumping on on a, uh, something to be negative about. But but the the program itself, and you guys, I uh, are to me are straight up guys. So the the uh, the whole. You know, I, I I told people that listen. If you like it, listen to it. If you don't, change the channel. But if I like it, and I'll continue to listen to it. it, it just drove me nuts. So I decided to get that off my chest. No, I appreciate it. Yeah, no, it drove me nuts too. And <laughs> oh, it's I'm just, sure. <laughs> it's just one of those things to where, um, you know, it, it would be amazing what we could accomplish in this field if everyone left their egos at the door, it would be, I think we'd be shocked with the amount of evidence we could actually accumulate and the amount of uh, real data that we could accumulate. If everyone put their, left their egos at the door, um, you know, whether you believe one way or another, that's, that's really irrelevant. Like we've been talking about until there's one on the, on the table. Uh, But yeah, you know, I mean, I appreciate all the kind words on the show, Gunner. You know, it's something I work hard at, and, um, you know, I want to allow people to have that outlet to uh, talk about what they've t- what they've seen, what they've experienced, uh, just like you guys did at Hot Squatch today. And and uh, the, the good thing to me is that you guys weathered a, a hell of a storm, and, and, and you guys uh, have soldiered on, and, you know, it, it's... It's just, uh, it's. I, I appreciate that you guys create that venue for people to witnesses to come out and and share their encounters, and uh, it, like I said, it's always been one of my favorite parts of of being involved in Bigfoot research is hearing people's encounters and and uh, that's that makes it, it's just a cool show. So thanks for the effort. I know how much effort it takes to to uh, put like something like that together and uh you guys do a great job so thanks man we are are we are just getting up against whoops we are getting up against the clock we've got about three minutes left so is there anything west that you'd like to share before we wrap it up well i kind of like to go through the history of america um <laughs> how much time we got left oh <laughs> uh, yeah not no, nothing, guys. <laughs> no, I appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you very much. Thanks for the invite to uh, Hot Squatch. Had a great time. And, 
thanks for doing what you guys do. Like I said, it's the the only other real Bigfoot show I listen to is your guys' show, just because there isn't the negative negativity, there isn't the drama, there isn't um, the BS. It, it comes down to, you know, you, even when you guys are just sitting and talking about Shane's, talk, you know, you guys are talking about areas you guys have gone out to, uh, different scientific methods you guys are using, research. Uh, I enjoy the show, guys. I, I really do. I do listen every week, you know, and and um, thank you guys for doing it. You bet. Thank thank you for uh, for coming on and being with us today, and and for for coming to Hop Squatch. So, and yeah. I, I I take it we'll see you. Uh, are you going to be at Beachfoot next weekend? I won't. I won't be at Beachfoot this oh. year. I'd love okay. to. Uh, I'll be there next year though, and I got okay. to. I uh, need to give Todd Nita call. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll be you'll be missed, uh, Wes. But uh, you were missed today, and your presence there, and your uh, your uh, candor and thoughts uh, were well taken. And I really appreciate, man. I appreciate Sasquatch Chronicles and uh, fan of the show as well. And I hope uh, I know you made some connections there, and I hope you get some of those uh, witnesses to speak on your show and. Um, Good luck going forward. We're we're down to about 18 seconds, so I'm going to end this. Thank you, Wes, for joining us and coming to Hop Squatch. Thank you, Guy Edwards, for giving us the venue, and thank you, Gunner, for all your hard work. And uh, just want to thank everybody Thanks, for uh, listening to Monster X Radio. We'll uh, see you all next weekend. All right, have a good week, guys. Thank you.